you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There are any number of ways of approaching this passage from Luke's Gospel that we heard this morning. This passage that is admittedly alarming in Jesus' own images, even disturbing and disquieting. One approach would be to preach on Ephesians. (laughs) And I will admit I was sorely, sorely tempted to preach on Ephesians. I'm one of those folks who is profoundly compelled by Jesus' witness of nonviolence, the one who stood before Pilate and, in the words of the spiritual, never spoke a mumbling word. Jesus, as the one who died on the cross and did not fight back against his aggressors, and the one whose death is itself the end of human violence, at least the end of assuming that violence is a normative part of human life. And so when Jesus uses these violent images, it's a little hard for me to know what to do with them. First we have these images of masters and slaves, and that's already disquieting. And then we get into these images of certain ones being beaten. And then it's as if Jesus gives a kind of gradation of floggings, right? One will get a severe flogging, another will get a, a, a mild flogging. And then we have what's perhaps the hardest image in this passage, which is that there is one in particular who is cut into pieces. Another way of rendering that, um, I I, I think a a way we'll just go with, um, is to say he was cut off. The slave was cut off. But rather than retreating into Ephesians, as marvelous as that Ephesians reading is, what if we lean into what's actually most disquieting about this passage? What if we lean into this image of being cut off? And what if we look for the good news in the cutting? The more that we sit with this story of these various ones who are readying the way for Jesus' second coming, and those who are lazily doing little, or those who are causing blatant harm and before Jesus is coming, the more we sit with this, the less it's a passage about some individuals and others. The more this passage sort of moves from my brain into my heart and into my gut, I realize that at any part, at any time in my life, I have been any one of the figures in this parable. We all, at times in our lives, have been working as hard as we possibly can for the coming of Jesus in this world and doing everything that we can to make ready the way for Jesus to return and to be present. And then at, any, at many other times in our lives, we are simply acting as if Jesus is never coming and isn't even here. But then it's not even just that, is it? It's that at any moment, there are certain parts of ourselves that are readying the way for Jesus' coming. And there are other parts of ourselves that are actively working against it. In a certain sense, this parable reminds me of Paul talking about his warring members, right? That there are certain parts of him that are working 
for Christ, it seems, all the time. And there are other parts of him that are just fighting against it, and there is this war going on inside of him. So here's the struggle. We human beings are vessels of God's divine love. The love of God has been poured into us so that we are channels of God's love in Christ being made present here, now, and today in this world. We are means of God revealing God's self because God's love has been poured into us. We are vessels of God's love. And yet, there are these parts of us that are corrosive against that love. So imagine this image of God's love being poured into us, as Paul says in Romans. Imagine it as kind of a a pipeline, if you will. And through this pipeline, God's love is always being pumped through endlessly, endlessly, endlessly. And then in the course of our lives, from the very beginning of our life, these little bits of corrosion begin to grow within that pipeline. And the more that corrosion grows, the more that God's love finds blockage as it tries to come through us as vessels of God's love. So this corrosion builds and builds and builds. It's not that God's love is stopped being pumped. It is always coming into us just through the fact that we have life at all and breathe God's life and love and light is flowing in us. But that corrosion inhibits the flow, inhibits the movement. So the life of Christian discipleship is a life of chipping away at that corrosion. Little by little by little. Chipping, 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 chipping. Until we find that bits of that corrosion have themselves been cut off. And God's love flows more freely in us. We become vessels who are preparing the way for Jesus' second coming, who even are becoming vessels by which Jesus is coming today. But here's the hard part about Jesus' judgment that comes out quite clearly here, is that we've come to love that corrosion. We've come to see that corrosion in our vessel as something that's a part of us, even though any good Christian theological anthropology would say, no, that corrosion is not a part of us. God created us good. That corrosion is this thing that we've added into the vessel that can be chipped away, that can be cut off. But we've come to love that corrosion. And this is why the message of Jesus' judgment is so difficult, because it feels like losing a part of ourselves when that corrosion gets cut off. It feels as if Parts of ourselves are going away when that corrosion is chipped away and cut. And yet, as it's cut, it is, in fact, opening space for the love of God to be poured into us.
we should never shy away from difficult passages about judgment in Jesus' teaching. For there is always a tension in our Christian discipleship between facing these passages of judgment squarely and hearing Jesus' word to his disciples over and over and over again, do not fear. It's very easy for us to read passages like this, to hear messages about things that seem a part of ourselves getting cut off. It's very easy to hear that and to fear. But Jesus says, do not fear too many times for that to be the primary way to read this passage. Rather, we should not evade that judgment. We know it is hard. We know it is painful. But in the end, it will make us a more able vessel of God's love in this world. Jesus' judgment is always difficult news. Jesus' judgment is always, always good news. Amen.